0: Hi guys, welcome back to Mind and Machine, Unlocking the Potential of AI in Africa. This is episode two, and today I'm joined by John Walubengo. John, welcome.
1: Thank you, Mishie.
0: Uh, we start off with a brief introduction.
1: Yes, yeah. my name is John Walubengo, otherwise known as Walu. I'm a lecturer at Multimedia University, Faculty of Computing. I've been involved in IT sector for the last 25 years, consulting, teaching, uh, among other things. So happy to be on this podcast.
0: Welcome. <coughs> 25 years is a lot of time to, to really have an appreciation for how technology has changed over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, probably I, there is, the, you've worked on a few task forces, which is probably some of the things we're going to discuss today. Yeah. So what have you worked on in regards to AI?
1: Yeah, in 2019, I was privileged to work with uh, Professor Demo on the blockchain and AI task force. And then the following year in 2018, I was uh, on another task force on data protection that gave us the current um, data protection law. Both task forces touched on AI in different ways. I'll start with the, the one of blockchain and AI. Yeah. Um, I must admit the one on blockchain and AI was heavily on blockchain. And uh, AI sort of came out as an appendix almost, mm-hmm. uh, but still it painted um, a general idea of where Kenya could utilize AI in sections like health, uh, where, you know, the example, the use cases of diagnostics yeah. or in cases like education where you could have AI give personalized education to students. Um, and then um, in 2018, when we built or when, when we put together the Data Protection uh, Act, yeah, and policy, we touched on data and AI in terms of regulation, uh, and and I know for the take is this this regulation looks like a constraint because it talks of um, ensuring that the data you you collect is minimized, and yeah. yet we know that is a sort of um, counter to, to AI a, yeah. where you want more data the merrier. Yes, so the the the. Data Protection Act comes in and says uh, you can only collect data for a specific purpose. Yeah. Don't collect data in mass and then figure out what the algorithms can do with yeah. it. So you've got <laughs> to limit your yep. data collection. Yeah. That's one aspect. Then the other aspect with that particular uh, Data Protection Act is that if you build AI systems, then you must have um, a manual intervention. So if an AI decision has been made, for example, in banking sector where they determine my credit levels using AI, um, if I find that that decision, if the banking app says my credit level is only 5K and I feel it should be 50K, so the act entitles me to appeal... Again, it's the AI decision by way of saying, uh, the bank, can you review my credit rating mm. using a human being mm. rather than just AI? Mm. Of course, if the human being arrives at the same decision mm. as AI, so yeah. be it. Yeah. Yeah, so those that's are the very, aspects.
0: That's very interesting. I actually didn't think that there was a... I didn't correlate the aspect of data minimization and its mm. impact on training models. Yeah. And I th- maybe to speak more on the task forces, we didn't have task forces for a lot of technologies, a lot of emerging technologies. Yeah. You've been in the space for 25 years. I'm sure a lot of when there was no cloud task force, <laughs> there was no <laughs> encryption task force. And it no, just happened. Yeah, so when we have t- task forces like this built around AI, data protection, blockchain, mm. essentially that means there's a national interest towards this. Yeah, yeah so what drives what makes a i worthy of having to have a task force for national interest
1: okay um I think if you don't have a concerted national level um effort in some of these things, then you lose the competitive advantage because a i is is happening globally. Yeah. If you look at China, America, most of European countries, they have a deliberate AI, national AI strategy. Mm-hmm. I hear Germany, for example, <coughs> if, if if you're a PhD student in you know that area, data yeah. and AI, um they guarantee you citizenship upon graduation. Wow. That's in other words they are <coughs> They're poaching. They're <laughs> poaching. <laughs> They're deliberately in their mm. strategy saying we're mm. going to build capacity in AI mm. in order to match China and, and the US. Yeah. And, and the, the, the skill level and the personnel is where you begin. Mm. If, if Germany is doing that and Kenya, we don't have any strategy, how will we ever compete? If, if we're just leaving the startups to do their thing, whichever yeah. way they know, yeah. Yeah. there's no way individual effort is going to compete with state actors. Oh yeah. So we've got to raise our game and also putting our, our state resources yeah. to make sure that um, we're also poaching where necessary. Yeah. We're building the pipeline in order to make sure that the personnel... We need, in order to compete with our peers, is actually there.
0: Speaking of the pipeline, um, how do we build it? Because I'm, I'm thinking, and we've seen uh, an example of uh, Konza where they've set up the is it Japan or South Korea? Is university? Yeah, the university? Korean Institute uh, of Advanced, Advanced Technology. Technology. Yeah, where they're te- where they're having people come to undertake their postgraduate, their yes. PhDs. Mm. With a national effort towards AI, should we start somewhere a bit Mm. lower? Should we start maybe at the secondary school level or should we start at the university level? Mm. And how do we get people uh, to come up? Because of course the state, it's easy for the state to poach from other places. You just offer benefits similar to how you're saying Germany giving people Mm. citizenship. Mm. But how do you get your own people interested in it as a state?
1: Yeah, the... The pipeline is important and I'm happy I'm in academia, yeah. uh, though at tertiary level. Uh yesterday or was it on Tuesday, I was actually in an AI conference at Strathmore. Oh that was
0: Thursday. I yes, think.
1: Yeah. yes. And <clears throat> we had speakers from Ireland yeah. and they were saying they have programmes for young scientists mm-hmm. at high school level where they're teaching them these skills. They're they're sort of creating data scientists from high school level in order to make sure that at tertiary, at university and beyond, you have people who who already have a focus that when I go to campus, I want to be a data scientist. And they want that pipeline to be very broad. Mm -hmm. In Kenya, other than recently... I think before the Uhuru regime went out, they were talking of coding at high school level. I don't know how... I've not seen it in the CBC curriculum, so probably it was just hot air. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the kind of conversation we need. We need to create... um, At the moment, we teach software development. We have computer scientists, IT people... But the component of AI is 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 not at the level yeah. where you know we can start building chat GPTs and, yeah. and these things that are appearing on the scene. Yeah. It's it's also not deliberate yeah. so that you find students maybe just going into the traditional coding. I'm going to build a payroll system. Mm. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have that yeah deliberate move to create uh, talent yeah. in that space.
0: Yeah, and maybe to throw a stone at academia, from a past experience that I had when I was undertaking my undergraduate, yeah. uh, we had to do a project mm. at, at the end. So, initially, I'd built a game, Yeah, and it was torn to shreds.
1: By the professors? By the professors.
0: <laughs> the, where's the economic value? Where's this? Where's that? Where's your database? A friend of mine had built... Uh, Sort of like an e-commerce platform, yeah. and had actually gone to the extent of integrating with m Yeah. So it could it actually work with right. M-Pesa. Mm. and he had a database he could show. Mm-hmm. He had web that he could show. He had things that we had been taught. Yeah. That aligned with software development that for the four-year course, and I, I don't know. By throwing this stone, is it? Do we need? Because I don't think that a, a lot of our tertiary institutions do not offer. Mm. Uh, AI or data science as yeah. a direct course. We have this uh we have the colleges and yeah. a lot of the online programs which are doing this. Yeah, yeah. How do we go about changing that's so what we have more more people in uh who go through academia actually mm. learn? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because AI is also a huge influence in the future for our uh, the next industrial revolution.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that is uh unacceptable. It's acceptable critique. I mean, I'm in academia and uh, we always fight about should we teach principles Mm -hmm. or should we teach um, sort of practical use cases that the industry demands. And traditionally, the old professors have been Mm -hmm. that our universities just to give you principles. Mm -hmm. Then we throw you in the industry and you swim. That has That's, been the professor's yeah. approach. Yeah. But increasingly, <coughs> we are realizing the <coughs> the market is, is global. Yeah. So if Kenya is producing computer scientists who need six months to really start running, yeah. the startups are going to hire Indians yeah. and they'll code from Mumbai. Yeah. They're going to hire people coding from California. Yeah. They're not going to wait for multimedia students to scale up. Yeah, true. (laughs) So the the way to solve that um, is obviously a change in curriculum. That's number one. But changing a university curriculum usually takes time. So a better approach, and I see this mostly in private universities, is to create uh, labs like Strathmore's Eye Lab, where now industry comes and they interact with the academia and the mm. students. So the professors can continue teaching, you know, the principles, principles yeah. but now in an innovation lab, yeah. the use cases and the hands-on and the latest technology is actually created here.
0: That's interesting because then I feel what happens when the principle you are being taught is outdated and is refused by the industry. <laughs> and you find yourself in the, with the example you've given for Strathmore. <laughs> Mm. The lecturer today will teach me something to do with waterfall. Yeah, waterfall is old school. Old now school. It's devops. <laughs> it's now, now we are on agile, devops, yeah. devsecops. We're adding, we're adding an ops to mm. to any to everything. True. Recently, I came across ML ops, machine learning ops.
1: Whoa.
0: <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a rabbit hole. I'll dive into one at at some point. It's it does look like a rabbit hole to dive into. Mm. Is it an issue and maybe this moves away from air a bit and more focuses on academia as a lecturer if you know a certain principle should be taught but it's mm. not being practiced by industry should it still be taught as in I'm trying to assume our brains are like hard drives why, why fill the hard drive with information that will not be used
1: Yeah mm. uh, It's Again, so it's, mm. it's 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 a good challenge for yeah. academia uh and a valid point from industry. Uh that especially in IT sector where things change so fast, yeah. if you're teaching accounts the double entry principle may not change for four hundred years. Yeah. So you you're okay to <laughs> yeah. stick with your old notes. Yeah. <laughs> But in IT, computer science field, things do change. Yeah. And unfortunately, university curriculum doesn't change as fast as they do. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the, the challenge that I must also concede is yeah. the, the, the faculty stuff. Yeah. If Walu has not been exposed to DevOps yeah. as a Mwalim. Why would you? There's, there's <laughs> very little I can do to introduce it in class. Yeah. Instead, I will try and hide under uh, it's not in the syllabus. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. But if I've been in, introduced to DevOps and this Agile and mm-hmm. all those new things, yeah. even if it's not explicitly in the syllabus, I will make sure... I mention it, I introduce it, I even examine it. So, because the the beauty with university is that uh, there's no national exam setting, but it is (laughs) you, the lecturer, who set the exam. So, it is important that you appreciate the syllabus, but in your delivery, you also incorporate the latest things. And I do this because I teach networking. Yeah. the curriculum does, the networking curriculum does not anticipate hands-on. Yeah. You know, like students are configuring a router. Yeah. They're just supposed, on the, if you look at the clean syllabus, they're supposed to know what a router is, how it works, you know, those OSI models, yeah. etc. full stop, very theoretical. But I go out of my way and tell them, guys, you have to configure these things. Yeah. You don't just read about them because the guy hiring you is, is not hiring you for just stories. Yeah. <laughs> He's got customers and they uh, need to be connected on yeah. the internet. True. So, and when he hires you, the yeah. problem is tomorrow morning. He doesn't have six months for you to like, start scaling up to support True. customers. Yeah. So it's important that as lecturers we start introducing industry expectations yeah. while still respecting the, the curriculum.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Um, you mentioned about the, the the AI conference. I think it was the state of AI. Yeah, in Africa. In Africa. Mm. And you mentioned how you had the speakers from Ireland and everything. Yeah. I, I have this belief, um, and it's based, based around why I started the podcast, is that AI is a technology we can't just ship. We've shipped mm. firewalls. We've, mm. we've shipped our data to cloud out, yeah. of our, out of our borders. But this is, I, I believe that this is a technology that um, has, and I guess, I guess that's why there was even a task force behind it. It has not just a cultural impact, but a national impact. And you're building a brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say an, an, you're building an artificial brain to think. Yeah, shouldn't it should be built essentially? As I believe, should be built with by the people, who, local people who mm. are trying to solve local <coughs> problems. Because shipping AI across, I find it difficult. I've, yeah, and I've tried that with I've tried a few things with ChatGPT, asking it a few questions about Africa, uh, specific people in Africa, especially it's in Kenya. Blank. It's blank. It tells me, give me more information. Yeah, and once you give it. uh, about 10 prompts in after you've given it all the information it's asked. Mm. When you ask it the question, Mm. it now tells you who that person is. And it just basically paraphrased what you've said. (laughs) Two weeks later, you ask it the same question. Because I asked asked chat GPT-3 Mm. who I was, blank. (coughs) I told it who I was. It paraphrased. Uh, I used chat GPT-4 on Thursday (laughs) evening. Yeah. So I had to pay mm. to use it. Asked who I was, blank. blank. To- told it who I was, it's then asked it who I was, mm. it paraphrased. So that's, when it comes to problem solving, clearly. Uh, yeah, and yeah. yes, it, this is just, this particular A is only on, uh, just it's, it's a language model. So mm. it's, it's wowing us as a language model, but At language place, is one of the first basic things Mm. As humans, we learn is how to mm. communicate, so we are getting communication right with AI. And at a national level, maybe a language model may not serve national issues. interest. Mm. Yeah. So what are kind of what are some of the use cases we are looking at in Africa mm. that at a national level could serve us through AI?
1: Yes, I think there are two points there. Uh, when you interact with the, you know that latest craze chat uh, GPT. Uh, and I also asked it who the hell is Walu, it Mm. has no clue. And I I, I was offended but I said it's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was very offended. I was like Google when they search my name on Google. Google at least yeah, yeah, Google Google appreciates your LinkedIn. The other other sites I'm like, do a deep dive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: But but when, as you say, it's a language model, yeah. and it depends on the datasets, yeah, and, and I think that's where Africa is missing out, because yeah. our digital footprints as Africans and Kenyans is very minimal, yeah. um, And it's, it's important that there's a deliberate move to, to increase our footprint, yeah. because the, the the northern countries. Um, are going to increasingly exclude African contexts yeah. and data sets. And they have no obligations to include yeah. it. They have their own issues they're mm. addressing. Yeah. And for us, they will think about us maybe if and when necessary. Yeah. If they need to export it to us as a product to use. Later on, maybe Mm. five years down the road, we get second-hand data (laughs) sets for chat GPT. (laughs) And by then, those guys have, you know, discovered other use cases. They have made money out of it. So, as we're coming into the game late. Yeah. That's why the the need for national AI strategies is very critical. Yeah. uh, Separate from blockchain and specific on data and AI. Yeah where we discuss the, the, the personnel pipeline, we discuss what data sets we need, yeah. how do we generate them, uh, what budgets are required. Yeah. Um, we also discuss uh, specific things to do with, which models do we need, yeah. etc. At the moment, we don't have that. And so we...
0: Import. We're gonna be
1: importing and things that we yeah. may not need as such. Yeah. And uh, but more importantly, we won't have local solutions yeah. to our issues.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a challenge. But I'm seeing an opportunity as you are speaking. Uh, I sometimes usually feel Africa is in that position that we we don't need to experiment and go through the trials and errors a lot of uh, mm. the developing world has the developed world or developing world has gone through in technology. Yeah. We just, we can pick the latest version and port it. Yeah. But now with AI, we actually have an opportunity to, we, obviously we won't pick, we shouldn't pick rather, hopefully we don't, just mm. pick and bring it home. Mm. But now we have the opportunity of, we've built uh, regulations and laws around data protection. Mm. We have, a classi- we are able to classify data. <coughs> so now we actually have regulations, policies in place, frameworks yeah. that will come up to the, and this may reduce errors in our AI models yeah. and biases. Yes. Yeah, so we actually have an opportunity, mm. even to the point of saying, we don't need to, which models do we need to use? We, we can actually sit down and say, you know what? Let's make our own models. Yeah. I, I tried, I've tried returning a language, a voice, a voice recognition model. Mm. I think it was called Bluebird or blue something wave. Yeah. M- not too sure. I don't, I was, I think in 2018, 2017 and you need to say a few sentences to it, mm-hmm. and it learns how you talk. You're up, down, do you pose, you go up. <laughs> yeah. So all of that was something that... But yeah. it never got my voice right. I remember I did a demo of it at a CIO, mm. and you could tell this was, an auto, this was a computer-generated voice. Yeah. When you look at samples done by other people... Mm, they come out clean. They come out cleanly because this model was built.
1: was trained on their uh, you know, voice was, signals. Yeah,
0: it was trained on how people in the West speak. Yeah. The model was built in that same way. Mm. I'm actually trying to also think there might be princip- principles around AI may change in Africa. Okay. We might have dif- different principles. Mm. Uh, and we have the whole thing about uh, having explainable AI, yeah, having transparency, uh, transparency AI. the d- data, uh, the issue of the d- how good is the data, how clean Mm. is the data, the consent around the data. Mm. You may have a cultural aspect to it. Mm. Uh, Mm. In episode one, we spoke with Peter about having how well would you trust an AI diagnosis as opposed to an actual doctor?
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Our culture, will. why, why would they trust a machine and if I know a doctor, and especially an older doctor, mm. if you're meeting a doctor who's in their early 30s, yeah. and you're,
1: you're going to see a doctor who's in their 50s, <laughs> you, you, you divert the doctor in
0: their 50s because of their experience. You're wondering, this new machine has been in this hospital for two days. <laughs> of course, it has the knowledge for 300 years, but... So there's a cultural aspect, I think. <clears> if <throat> we build our models, mm-hmm. we may introduce a new principle to AI, because I think... Our f- not really our fear of technology, but mm. how our culture and societies are built to rely yeah. on face value and trust yeah. needs to be incorporated into AI.
1: That's, that's an interesting uh, dimension when you mention about young and old doctors. Mm. So this time, about what, 15 years ago, my kids are now in campus. So yeah. I take my kid to Agakan, Yeah, it's section. Yeah. Whom do I meet? One of my students, <laughs> you know, these guys who do IT before going to campus, yeah. <laughs> these doctors, them. Yeah. even some lawyers have taught, they yeah. do IT and then they go to campus, or they do IT, they go to medicine, they do yeah. IT, they go to become. So I'm like, wait a minute, this guy was in my class, and now he <laughs> wants to tell me what's wrong with my kid. <laughs> <laughs> you get nervous. Yes, you even get a mental block. Like yeah. no, yeah. this dawah this guy has given me. A need you, you need to, you, I need to cross. I I need to go Amze. to a different hospital. <laughs> <laughs> but they are good. I mean, yeah. the the doctors are, you know, the same university the museum went through. So yeah. it, it's not like they're guessing. But yeah. the the cultural aspect, as you say, the yeah. way Africans um, look. At solutions yeah. has a a bit of bearing of who is providing the yeah. solution and the experience, yeah. etc. And uh that is something that is contextual to Africa. Yeah. And if Africans are not um in a position to discuss those things where yeah. these models are being developed, yeah. then We'll just be cut off. Yeah, we will. We'll just be cut off. And I know in, uh, in the U.S., uh, especially this big tech, yeah. there, there was the issue of the data sets not being ex- inclusive. Inclu- yeah. yeah, so minority data sets are not part of the training model. Yeah. Um, such that when the AI solution is deployed it discriminates against black people. Yeah. yeah. Things like image recognition, yeah. yeah. The AI can identify with better accuracy white faces. Yeah. But black faces, guess what? Yeah. And, and, and the impact is, is serious because imagine you're passing through an airport in Amsterdam and then the image recognition captures you and says, this is the famous terrorist <laughs> from Somalia. <laughs> The cops mm. are on you yeah. three days in some Amsterdam prison before mm. you are released. Yeah. You've missed your conference. <laughs> you missed your conference. <laughs> because mm. of some AI yeah. mistake. Yeah. So the data sets are very um heavily biased towards the people who developed yeah. them. Yeah. And as Africans we must begin to to make our voices heard yeah. and 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 demand that they either include our data sets yeah. or we build our own. Yeah. Of course, that's a long-term national
0: strategy. Yeah, I
1: think building
0: our own would be the best strategy, in my opinion. Mm. And you've spoken a lot on data sets and that's got me thinking.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know if... Yes, the government has said it's going to uh, digitize all its services. Yeah, And now so now the government will have data and it can actually now, at a national level, of course... Uh, such training AI, AI models that can be used to serve national interest yeah. uh, in terms of services given to uh, the citizens of Kenya.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That then raises the question of, it's a state, yes, It's we are building something in Kenya, mm-hmm. hopefully it will be built by Kenyans, but then, then the issue of, is it ethical, is it moral, yeah. yes, of course it's all this data about you. Mm-hmm. And security. Is it, yeah, privacy. and the security and the privacy. An AI model making the same assumption that I've seen police officers make where Rasta Kuja. I've been in that situation <laughs> one too many times <laughs> where a police officer will stop you. Yes. And because you have dreadlocks, this, they'll ask yeah, you questions. Yeah. yeah. And this bias is, well, like, of chief course... Chief suspect by, I, <laughs> by design, by, by default. By default. So we'll end up, and I think this, one thing that AI does is the biases we see in AI is actually exposing human biases. Yes. So the lack of, for example, the example you gave, it's a lack of data mm-hmm. uh, on minorities yeah. that then makes you to be classified as a terrorist or AI to, to do something wrong uh, wrong decision, wrong decision like. making. But mm. that's exactly what they would have done even without offline. Yeah, offline. So there's, a, there's that risk that we will also face mm. uh, if government or institutions start introducing AI mm. and it starts exposing these biases. We may mm. feel we need to turn off the switch. But mm. should we then let it run a little bit longer so that it can expose? Because it's actually exposing biases. Mm. Mm. We may realize, oh, if someone has dreadlocks, so we'll have, we're like, okay, we can see an existing bias.
1: And then we try and fix it. Now
0: we try to fix it. And then when you fix it <coughs> on the AI, mm. we then also try to fix it offline. On the, offline on the people, so that
1: yeah. that that's that's a uh, a conversation that continues to happen at a global level. And uh, I can even add another example. Uh, HR, you mm-hmm. know, when you advertise for a CEO position, for Big companies. Let's say if you are looking for a CEO for Safaricom, uh, maybe ten thousand people apply globally. Yeah, HR department can't process ten thousand CVs, so yeah. they use AI. Yeah, to shortlist best a hundred. Yeah, now that AI is gonna be biased because it looks at historical reality. Who are the CEOs of you know, big companies. Yeah. They're usually male, white, whatnot. Yeah. And so the AI decision is inherently biased towards male. Yeah. And it will cut out the female yeah. candidates by design. Yeah. So the AI is faulty and it's importing offline discrimination yeah. and just digitizing it. Yeah. And to solve that is 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 to make Deliberate training of the professionals yeah the, the, I talked about capacity the pas- the pipeline the, the data scientists yeah. that we are training or we plan to train because yeah. very few are being trained at the moment, most learn on the job yeah but there should be a unit on you know ethical AI or side effects of artificial intelligence. Yeah. So, that the techies are from the word go aware, yeah. and they can um, mistrust their models, they yeah. can mistrust their data sets yeah. from the word go before yeah. the AI goes into Yeah, it's actually part, <coughs> excuse me.
0: That's actually part of the scientific principle where if you're trying to, the, the goal, if you have a theory, Your goal is not to prove it, yes, to disprove it it from the word go. And
1: if you fail to disprove it, then you publish so that others can try to To disprove disprove it, it. yes. That's that's scientific, yeah, that's the same.
0: But I feel AI, Mm. and maybe it's because we are in a stage where the hardware required to to train AI, Mm. the GPUs are Mm. available in mass, available for cheap. There's cloud Mm, computing, so training is faster and cheaper mm, so, so people skip. just throw all the data
1: yeah. that is available they don't refine it yeah they don't you know feature engineering mm. and all that it's it's a it's a matter of training yeah. in 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 google i think they deliberately employ minorities so mm. women blacks in the mm. ai departments yeah so that they can begin to have those conversation at source, yeah. rather than when the product is, is in the market. Yeah. Uh, but I know one of the big tech—I don't know which one it was, maybe Facebook—I don't mm. know—where they have those AI ethical boards, sort mm. of independent boards that the big tech hire yeah. to critique their models. Yeah. So one of the critique was so so contentious the big tech decided to dissolve the board rather than listen to it <laughs> because at the end of the day there's a commercial aspect yeah yeah, yeah? If, if if what you're saying against our models or our ai whereas it may be true yeah the bottom line issues coming yeah if if, if we adopt your recommendations, what does it mean to our bottom line?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could harm your bottom line. Yes. You're worried about your shareholders. Exactly. Yeah. And so one thing th- has to go. <laughs> one thing has to go. And, and that, that also paints that picture for... Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's what you are seen already with ChatGPT, where it's already been commercialized.
1: Yeah, Microsoft is yeah. a big investor. There. Yeah,
0: huge investor. And they've decided, okay, because you have, you've already bought Office... We'll have a co-pilot that will help you plan your meetings, write yeah. a few reports. Yes. Just help you with your mundane tasks. That's good. Uh, if you're a user and you want, like if you're doing some work and you want faster results, better accuracy, yeah, pay a fee. So there's already it's already been commercialized. And that then also poses, well, it's of course businesses have to make money, yeah. But if we back to the task force we if we have a strategy and everything there it would be great to see independent bodies mm. set aside to govern or to regulate a i and data mm. It would be nice if the office of the data of uh, the data commissioner yeah would one day say. We need to stop writing our names on books in buildings <laughs> those, this, security, yeah, those security books collect mm. that data but mm. let's have it digitized because they need that data to be given to research institutions mm. educational mm. centers startups yeah uh, to to train models for Africa because mm. we don't have it's not like we don't have the data it's our data is not digitized
1: yeah that's that's mm. true the 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 issue of The data commissioner, actually, that's where the regulation, at least from Mm. the European experience, is coming from. Uh, The Data Protection Act has a clause that speaks to AI, talks of automated decision-making. And I think I mentioned it earlier, where it it anticipates data minimization principles, it also anticipates the right to appeal an AI decision. Mm. Um, But Europe has moved beyond that clause. Most recently they published an AI Act. Wow. <laughs> I mm. think they published it early this year. Uh, and that's how far they're going. And it's it has a commercial aspect to it. Yeah. Because Europe has realized China and US have run away with this thing. Yeah. And they are using European citizen data yeah. to make that leap. How do we how do we then join the AI race? Yeah. We start by protecting our European data sets. Yeah. We make sure that um, the Chinese and Americans building these solutions, their regulations around how they can access European data sets, what they can do with them yeah. um, in a way that we don't lose the competition. Yeah. We, we, we are able to, to have things like data sovereignty, even in mm. the cloud sector yeah. where data is supposed to sit globally. Yeah. The Europeans are saying you must domesticate European data within the European continent. If you're mining, we want to know what you're mining and why. Mm. If, if 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 you are making money out of our European datasets, this is the regulation around it. So at the end of the day, it has both ethical and commercial dimensions, and those are the big powers, seeing that the future is digital. yeah The future commerce is digital. yeah so if if you don't have an age at that space, you're finished. yeah In Africa, we haven't thought that far, yeah. And that means we shall remain. Um, you know, in a hundred years ago we were colonized yeah. geographically. Yeah. Now we could be colonized g- digitally. Yeah. And we will never catch up.
0: We we won't because we'll be our decisions will be made by AI models that are European based, that are European, that that are European Chinese, <laughs> Chinese, US based, and we won't. We may be not naive, but we may believe. The, we may have fallen in love with the power of AI to the point that we don't do the man in the middle to question. Yeah. We actually ignore something like ex- having it to be explainable, the ex- explainability of that AI. Mm. Or the AI said we should do X, Y, Z to we curb do. inflation. We, we do. just do. Something goes wrong and you're like, oh, you know. I, actually, and so a very good example would be if we trained AI mm. on issues of inflation and how to deal with the bank runs that we are seeing. Yeah. Most, of the, most of the information we have, most of the information I had was around the 2007-2008 uh, financial mm-hmm. crisis in the US.
1: Yes, that became global. That
0: became global. Hmm. And you're thinking, that happened to the US, how will that, can that happen to Kenya? I recently learned there was uh, in 1979, on yeah, 1979, mm-hmm. that uh, Asia had an issue with its dollar reserves and okay. it could not trade. Similar to how Kenya, we have seen a lot in the newspapers yeah, yeah. about dollar crunch. A dollar crunch. Mm. So that financial crisis that happened in Asia is closer
1: to, to what is, happening, what to is happening
0: in us. But then our model that we're using to advise government, banks, regulators mm. is speaking to, to the U.S. U- US type US, of, handling yeah, staff. US of handling staff. So we'll end up with a solution that looks good on paper,
1: but qua ground,
0: <laughs> it, it does not work. Does not work. Now uh, that you
1: mentioned that, well, the, it reminds me of Chat uh, GPT yeah. w- because it it's it uses those deep learning models yeah. where now you can ask it to frame an answer as if it wo- as if you are Einstein. So it mm. gives you a very hybrid answer. Yeah. And then you can drop it down, ask the same question, but tell it to give you an answer for a 10-year-old. Yeah. So, this inflation mm. challenge we yeah. have, if we had a model that will be prompted to recommend solutions like the Asian solution, yeah, then it will be more appropriate to us yeah. than what we are seeing as recommendation from the Washington guys. Yeah. Yeah, so there are a lot of good things or use cases yeah. that um, AI can can recommend for us, but uh, I don't think our bureaucrats, I mean, at Treasury, yeah. have reached that level yet. To I mean, even machines. at ICT, we yeah. are still yeah we still <laughs> we're still trying to yeah. put a. Our house together, yeah. because remember, we don't have an AI strategy. Mm.
0: We should. We should. Mm. That's You've been part of two two task forces that have... One has come out with an act and mm. the regulations. Yeah. Hopefully, from the AI and blockchain yeah. uh, task force, we we Hopefully. We could move to the next level. We could level. move to the next level. We have a national strategy on AI. Yeah. And... Because we don't... chat GPT as a language model is good. Yeah. But remember, it's a language model. Yeah. You can... It can lie to you.
1: Absolutely. Because it, it can talk. It's We it, call it's, it hallucinating. It, it, it hallucinates with confidence. Yeah. <laughs> can, there was a time somebody asked it to... to sort of read some paper. Yeah. Summarize it and then give some citations. You know, references. Out of the ten citations, it you know journals, books, Mm. and author. Half of them were fake news. (laughs) (laughs) So it it posts, Mm. it it push, it gives you a reference to Mm. a journal that doesn't exist. Nikizungu too it has put together.
0: I, I I I was using it recently to summarize a YouTube video, mm. and so it was. I just I told it to give me twenty points from this forty-minute uh, video. Video, yes. I was blown away. The first point was like so and so are talking at this and this conference. I'm like, nice, okay. That's this is good. their topic. Mm. All right. As I read through the summary, mm-hmm. it just saying it's gone on the way we've had this banter where we go off topic. Yeah. Now
1: it's (laughs) it's only summarizing
0: the off topic items. (laughs) So there was nothing for me to learn from that other than the Mm. year of the conference, the two people speaking, Mm. I had nothing else left. And I'm there. I'm like, what is this now? As in, I have to go back and now watch the video
1: Mm. because
0: Mm. it's like, it's a language model. Yeah. And, it may be, it's commercially viable and the only, okay, one way I can see language models working mm-hmm. and especially in Africa because we have so many dialects is having language models that can understand multiple dialects and translate them mm-hmm. because we have a lot that's lost in translation and we have a lot of weaponization of dialects. AI can come and help translate because you would watch something, ask someone, what did they say? Mm. And depending on my views of the world, I may choose to translate for you differently. And so there's an opportunity for language models at a Mm. national level Mm. to help reduce hate speech, to detect hate speech. Mm. We don't need to have to employ 200 people or 2000 people to sit somewhere and listen to every broadcast and then try to write something and the are like, did he mean, did they say, what was that language? <laughs> mm. Give it to pass it on to someone else and they try to do that. All this could happen in real time and it can be a valuable use case mm, mm. For, at a national level. And that actually solves a national issue for us.
1: Exactly. The, the, the issue of, of language is quite tied also to culture. Mm-hmm. As the world gets more and more digital, um african languages uh face a higher risk of getting lost yeah yeah and uh if you think about google translate <coughs> of course they start with the un languages english mm-hmm. i don't french. know what french yeah but things like swahili were coming on board just the last 5 years through concerted effort, because Hmm. from a commercial point of view, Google will sit and say, why should we translate English to Swahili? For what reason? Um, The people should learn English. (laughs) 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 Yes, and uh, there are not so many Africans. Yes, there are many Hmm. Africans speaking Swahili, but they're not online. And this is a commercial entity that wants to harvest or mine Online data. Yeah. So they don't have a commercial motive to do Swahili translation. Yeah. But governments <coughs> should then deliberately invest yeah. in AI solutions in local languages. Yeah. Because then they are able to, as you gave the example, have local solutions that serve our needs yeah. without us having to rely on the mercy of the big techs in the yeah. West.
0: And just yeah. I like the, what you've mentioned about culture because now we have this now is making me see a use case for preservation of culture yeah. for Africa mm. through AI.
1: For future generations. For future
0: generations. I'm actually and someone had told me, I think that was yesterday or the day before, mm. that like do we not even have a programming language in any African language. Yeah. They're all in the English. Dialects, yeah, yeah, they're not they're, we have no dialect. <coughs> for, progr- for coding. For coding. And this is culture that is being been lost as we import technology. But once we actually build it, mm, mm. we'll have models that are trained. And I love what you brought up about AI actually conserving culture. It's something I have had I've, not thought about until now. Mm. And I feel like this is an opportunity for Africa to... A lot of our history has been lost. The, the, we have that saying where the heroes of war... Mm. write the history books. <laughs> it's an opportunity for even <laughs> to us as, own story. <laughs> to write our own story, even as participants. Yes. You can have ours in the appendix, mm. but it's a big appendix mm-hmm. that covers all of what we've been, all mm-hmm. that we've been through.
1: Yeah, the the cultural and language aspect, I picked it up a while back. Um, I was also privileged to serve on a continental body called Afrinic. Yeah. This this is a body that is in charge of um, the internet resources, IP numbers. Yeah, <coughs> where the IP number is what you need to get on the internet. So within those conversations, because Africa is made up of many culturally diverse uh, sections, we have yeah. the North Arabic speaking. Yeah. Most of the West becomes sort of a Francophone. Then. Yeah. The rest is Anglophone and a bit of Portuguese. So within that Afrinic body, you, when we meet as a board, and it was by design, yeah. board members must come from all those diverse yeah. as, um, sections of the, com- of the continent. Yeah. And so when the Arabs come to the meeting, the meeting is only in, it's in English, yeah. and then they have French translation. Mm-hmm. And the Arabic guys are like, "Wait a minute, where's the Arabic translation?" Yeah, you go to mm-hmm. the Afrinic website, English French. They're like, "Wait a minute, where's mm-hmm. the Arabic yeah. component?" So if you're not at the table, your issues won't be articulated. Yeah, and and the Arabic world is very deliberate—not just the African portion, but the Middle East as well. Yeah, they speak as one voice. At internet international community level yeah. where they have put their foot down and said uh, and this is a bit technical, the thing of DNS. Yeah. You know, DNS yeah. is written in English Latin yeah. script. Yeah. The Arab world is like, we need those funny, d- you know, yeah. we and need this ours. hat. Yeah. Yes. We want DNS coded yeah. or at least the in provision yeah, yeah. in Arabic.
0: Yeah.
1: And they pushed this and it happened. Wow. So the, the issue of language yeah. in the digital space has been there for the last 10 years. And now as we go deeper into AI, yeah. we need also to bring that up.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Otherwise, we'll just be wiped out.
0: True. Mm. We'll, we'll lose our language. Mm. we we'll lose our Your culture. identity. Yeah, our identity. Well, wow, mm. I think it's been a very... Eye-opening discussion. Uh, I don't know you. if you have any patching shots for our
1: listeners. Yes, yes. Uh, I think I have two things. One for uh, the the academia and one for government in general. For for my academic colleagues, especially in the tech world, uh, things are changing. Yeah. And the formal structures of academic review take long. Yeah. They need budgets. Let's yeah. begin from there. Yeah. And government doesn't have budgets. So yeah. if you say, I'm going to teach what I taught or what I learned in campus, then you're not doing a favor to the next generation. Yeah. So we, as academia, we have to try as much as possible, number one, to learn the new tech, because you can't teach what you don't know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then try and and share that with with the next uh, generation of tech. Yeah. Then, for government, um, the the current regime actually rebranded the Ministry of ICTU and added the word digital there, which is a good thing. Yeah, but. We have to walk the talk. You don't yeah. just say digital and you think digital will happen.
0: You think digitize. Don't add <laughs> digital and digitize. Yes. So <laughs> don't it... don't take my problems from the book at the gate. Yeah. To to a device
1: exactly. where I'm still
0: questioning why is d- data being collected.
1: Yeah. yeah. So we need an an AI strategy, a yeah. data strategy for the country yeah. uh, that then helps all the stakeholders to have a blueprint yeah. of the big picture yeah. and what each component um, or part should be playing yeah. and, you know, monitoring and evaluation of how far we're going. Yeah. Because if we don't have a martial action plan in the dig- for the digital future, we won't compete. It's a global village.
0: Yeah, mm. we won't compete. And having that national strategy also makes me think, we need it because AI, as as we, as an intelligent, as artificial intelligence or simulated human intelligence, yeah. or if it becomes super intelligent or uh, artificial general intelligence, mm. it's ours. We own it. It's almost like a, an additional citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Augmented so, reality. Yeah. It
1: helps us achieve our objectives. It helps us achieve our objectives. An assistance, so an assistant. So it mm. has to to be very close to, to what we want to uh, yeah, achieve. Yeah, it has to be
0: part of us. Yeah. Part of our DNA, our culture. And I think even as Africa, maybe at the African Union level, mm-hmm. who knows?
1: We should have these discussions. We should
0: have these discussions. I think there's an opportunity to, to preserve and even strengthen our cultures and solve our own problems. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, John. It was a pleasure having you. Really great conversation.
1: Pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Karibu sana.